All I'm saying, you gotta enjoy your motherfucking life. That's all the fuck I'm saying. Enjoy your goddamn life. Life is fucking short. Enjoy that shit. Some of y'all just need to smoke some weed and see if it don't help the quality of your motherfucking life. I know, I see some of y'all. Look, I understand. If you ain't smoking weed because you got a good job, then by all means, make your paper, boo-boo. But if you ain't got no job and you not smoking weed, I don't know what the fuck you are doing with your life. I really don't. I really don't. Don't give me that shit about it's a drug. It ain't no motherfucking drug. I done done the research. It's just a plant. It just grow like that. And if you should happen to set it on fire, there are some effects. But that's not the same as drugs. Drugs, you got to do shit to it chemically. You got to add baking soda, water, stir it up. I don't know the recipe. I'm just saying. It's some shit you got to do to it. Well, why the fuck is it illegal? I don't know. Aspirin is perfectly legal. But if you take 13 of them motherfuckers, it'll be your last headache. Long as you've been living, you ain't never heard of a motherfucker overdose on marijuana. You might have thought that nigga was dead. He ain't dead. He gonna wake up in 30 minutes, hungry enough to eat up everything in your house. That's the side effect. Hungry, happy, sleepy. That's it. Back. Let me fill you in. People say, oh my god, you should already have found yourself. You should already have, oh, you need to sit down, you need to, you need to do this, you need to do this. It's funny how that mentality still goes to this day. You need to you need to sit down and do this. Who's telling you that? Right? Screw with the, even if it's your parents. Who cares? You're not living their dream. Why, you know, and that's another thing. Parents try to fulfill their dreams that they couldn't achieve through their kids and kind of force and mold. That's wrong. It's, it's wrong. Now, unless they want to do it, more power to them, right? I commend to you, right? But I'm telling you, you are going to live this life pure regret if you do not start tapping into yourself. And look, look when you're a kid, you're figuring all this stuff out. Teenage years, you're figuring all this stuff out. See? Now, it doesn't help, you know, isolation. It doesn't help when you have, let's your parental figures, right? Maybe they're not the best role models for you, okay? There's other people out there. You know, they say school's indoctrinating. Mm, yeah, but you know what? You can also... The Lion's Den with Daniel Lershon. Subscribe to that shit right now. Stop what you're doing. If you're listening to this shit while you're doing chores, stop. Make sure you take a couple seconds off the clock to go subscribe to the Lion's Den. <laughs> Happy fucking Easter. Hey, Dad. Hi, Generous Dad. Um... You know, it's East, it is Easter tomorrow, and I just wanted to think about that for a minute. Um, you know, it's funny that around here on the property here, uh, the lilies are in bloom, and it's only this time of year. It's, it's, uh, they come out, and they're really uh, a brilliant white 
and quite beautiful and they only last for a short period of time because as, as summer comes on they wither and die and uh, and it's kind of like a resurrection type of message for me because uh, they don't require anything from me they they come they're extremely beautiful then they wither and die and what's left behind is their seed and that's a lot I think that's a lot like our spirits in that we don't really die um, the seed remains and, and then the lily comes back the next year in all of its beautiful glory and I I think people are kind of the same way I think you know that the resurrection message is let you know and feel comfortable and have comfort in knowing that we don't die that you know we do come back again and again and, and I think really the purpose of that is uh, to create a more perfect version of ourselves I think we're given I think we have a kind loving forgiving God who recognizes that we're people and and we need more than one chance to get it right sometimes and uh, I think he gives us that chance and I think you think about all, all the worlds and all that you know we can fathom we've got telescopes out in space that are just now seeing new stars 500 million light years away and uh, yeah, there is no end there is no end to anything that we know there's no end to love and uh, there's no end to the wonderful person that you are so you know take this with you and celebrate Easter as a joyous time rebirth giving new life he called back cause he got cut off he wanted to say goodbye and I answered the phone I asked him to leave that voicemail I'm like please condense that in a recording so that people can hear it because that's a powerful lesson and it needs to come from you I am a conduit for you to flow through I am here for you this is how I live these are the lands on which I build my fucking empire you're goddamn right there's a big stone statue 20 feet tall at the center of town reminding people that Father Zeno is the inspirator he is the guiding light of so much that we do here at Studio Stargazer um 
asked him for a Easter resurrection piece and <sighs> lilies in bloom. He sent me pictures from his backyard of these big voluptuous lilies opening themselves up to the sunlight. And I was like, oh, yeah, you get it. You get it. He gets it. Obviously, he fucking gets it. But welcome back to Mindwave. Hi. Leia says hi, too. I've been very busy um, doing other things. So I'm going to use this episode of Mindwave to sample some of the different things that I've been doing. That one was out the cuff. We got to bring in Daniel. We got to bring in Chris. We got to bring in all of the shit that's been happening over the last several months. Um, in a deep, profound, moving, telling way. That little nudge from the cosmos. That little, this is the way thing. I've been feeling more and more of that. So if I'm doing a welcome back, it's samples. It's samples. I need you to hear what's been going on in the meantime. Because unless you're supporting on Patreon, you've been out of the loop. Uh, This show has been functionally dead for a while. And you know what? I, I do apologize for that. Okay. You knew it was coming back. If you were paying attention, you were like, oh, yeah, he's going to flip around any second and go, gotcha, bitch. Uh, Yeah. We're there. We're at the reboot. We're starting from day one. New Mind Wave, version 6.0. What do you want this show to be? Do you want you to be a thing? Call 602-456-2253. You might get to hear how powerful your voicemail is when scored and horsed. Let's move on. Let's get on to the next. Uh, fucking clippity clop here. We're making magic. Happy Easter. Here's a little magic candy basket for you. You like me being this fucking gay ass Easter rabbit? Uh, Mom spaghetti vomiting on the sweater already. <laughs> the Weaver of Magic by John. Frederick Freeman Weave cunningly the web of twilight O thou subtle fingered Eve and at the slow day's ebb With his small blue stars 
purple curtain weave. If any wind there be, bid it, but breathe lightly as woodland violets oil the sea. If any moon, be it no more than a white fluttering feather, call the last birds together. Oh, Eve. And let no wisp of day's distraction thine enchantment mar thy soft spell lisp and lure the sweetness down of each blue star. And let that low moan be. A while more easeful, trembling, remote, and strange, far over sea, so shall easeless heart of love rest then or only sigh hearing the swallows cry obsession by muriel stewart i will not have roses in my room again, nor listen to the sonnets of Michelangelo. Tonight, nor any night, nor fret my brain with all the trouble of things that I should know. I will be as other women, come and go, careless and free, my own self, sure and sane. As I was once, then suddenly you were there with your old power. Roses were everywhere, and I was listening to Michelangelo 
I have a deep appreciation for great writing, great stories. Tonight, I'm sharing my love of poetry. Prose is for the weak. My Star by Robert Browning All that I know of a certain star is it can throw like the angled spar dot of red, now a dot of blue, till my friends have said they would fain see too. My star that dartles the red and the blue. Then it stops like a bird, like a flower, hangs furled. They must solace themselves with the Saturn above it. What matter to me if their star is a world? Mine has opened its soul to me. Therefore, I love it. Life by unknown. This world we're living in is mighty hard to beat. For you get a thorn with every rose, but ain't the roses sweet? A Drinking Song by William Butler Yeats Wine comes in at the mouth and love comes in at the eye. That's all we shall know for truth before we grow old and die. I lift the glass to my mouth. I look at you and I sigh.
Possession by Ella Wheeler Wilcox. That which we had, we still possess. Though leaves may drop and stars may fall, no circumstance can make it less or take it from us all in all. That which is lost we did not own. We only held it for a day. A leaf by careless breezes blown. No fate could take our own away. I hold it as a changeless law from which no soul can sway or swerve. We have that in us which will draw what error we need or most deserve. Even as the magnet to steal, our souls are to our best desires. The fates have hearts and they can feel. They know what each true life requires. We think we lose when we most gain. We call joys ended, ere begun. When stars fade out, do skies complain? or glory in the rising sun. No fate could rob us of our own. No circumstance can make it less. What time removes was but alone. For what was ours, we still possess. Crickets on a strike, the foolish queen of fairyland, from her milk-white throne in a lily bell, gave command to her cricket band to play for her when the dewdrops fell. But the cold dew spoiled their instruments. And they could play for the foolish queen no more. Instead, those sturdy malcontents play shops and flats in my kitchen floor. Crickets on a Strike by Vachelle Lindsay. Don't mind me. I'm just building my vocal artistry demo reel. 
poetry, slams prose, tingles from your mind down to your toes, tangles like your foot's asleep, stepping on needles, hurts so bad it makes you weep. Smack it around, wake it up, wake it up. I've been asleep for way too long. I'm awake now. And I ain't just walking, I'm fucking running. I'm fucking running through the grass, down over the stones, down to the sea, show me the way back, thank you Stevie Nicks, trouble in Shangri-La, you're goddamn right there is, a special thank you to Bonnie Grace, Every track of which that scored my poetry slam piece, of which, in which, rather, I just chose random pieces of poetry to read and it all synced up like a constellation, stars connecting, divine intervention, and I'm like, holy shit, God is fucking real. I'm kind of a little scared now, but I know, I know, I know I'm on the right path. Thank you for listening. If you doubted me, kiss my fucking ass. Stargazer. Open mic. Come out and play. Studiostargazer.org. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. I gotta share this with you. That... There was a time, I don't know if you guys remember, it was several years back, uh, a big corporation company that I have two TVs in my house as well as some other items in the house that was also doing cell phones at the time. And this cell phone was um, basically a note you could say and it ended up uh, you know it had a lot of bad things happen to it where I guess they were exploding because they got over hot or too hot the batteries got too hot and they started to explode on people which is really 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 bizarre and uh, I, I remember I ended up getting a notification and you know hey you got to turn your phone in and we're going to replace it and da 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 it's like yeah right forget you i'm not turning my damn phone in and I, I, this is this is divine intervention i'm almost 100% sure i'm i'm in a way it is and maybe in a way it isn't i don't know whatever but i uh i i kind of feel bad i i do feel bad but i I don't 
but I do, and but I don't, you know, and it's kind of like a toss 22 on this one. Um, I, uh, I had the phone. The very first time I had taken it out of the box, I had got it, and it was during the summer. I had special ordered this phone. And it was my only phone and my last phone I have ever ordered right off the shelf, brand new. I will never, for the rest of my life, I can mark my words on this, I will never order a product that is brand new right off the shelf because of this situation. I knew there was going to be problems. I had feelings about it. I ignored that. And I was like, no, I'm going to get the phone. I'm going to get the phone. So I get the phone. And the first day I turned the damn thing on, it was kind of hot inside the garage. And I went, whoa, this thing is getting hot. And the temperature is rising. Like, hot 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 and I thought that's not good now what saved my butt on this one was the fact that I was a electronic e-cigarette vapor I still am to this day I vape cigarettes or vape cigarettes Jesus I am a vapor correction I vape there we go. And I've had experience with regular mechanical mods. And the batteries get hot if you push them too high on, you know, certain amount of ohms and stuff like that. And then, and the levels are too, too much. You push the battery's life a little hard on the lithium-ion battery. And there was times when I used to push my batteries a little bit too much because I was cloud chasing like ooh let me let me try to blow the biggest cloud you know because it was a kind of a fad cool thing back in the day and it was like yeah okay no this is kind of getting stupid and dangerous so I had to take the batteries out and throw the batteries inside the freezer to quickly neutralize how hot they were getting because they continuously overheated once once there was a threshold that hit they just continued to keep going and get hotter and hotter. And it was like a meltdown, per se. And there was no stopping it except for throwing it inside the freezer. So what I realized, having to deal with the lithium-ion batteries like that with the vape product, I realized my phone is getting really, really hot. This is not good. And so I remembered back to the vape, and I was like, what do I do? And then I threw it in the freeze freezer. So that way I could neutralize the uh, temperature and bring the battery back down to cooling levels. And I, I kid you not, I actually stuck my phone several times into, into the freezer. I'm like, okay, I can manage this. I'll, I'll keep track of it. I'll make sure that whatever I am doing with it, I'm not going to over overwork it or try to um, push it beyond its limits I'll just throw it in the freezer and that's what I did and then one day I was out driving the truck somewhere it doesn't matter I was out somewhere and this dude 
came by, distracted me, made a lie, told me something about something, and made me get out of my truck, and I left the window open and the door open. Dude reached up into my freaking truck, grabbed my phone, and took off with it. And I was like, crap, that sucks, big time. But then at the same time, I was like, oh, well, Karma's going to suck for him, man, because one of these days he's going to turn the damn thing on and the thing's going to freaking explode. It's like, and, you know, it's kind of funny to me because, I, you know, I'm thinking Metal Gear Solid kind of thing, you know, a little C4 going off in the back corner because that's probably what happened to the poor guy. You know, it's like, well, Maybe that'd be the last damn thing he ever steal, steals from somebody. It's like, dude, you don't know what you're getting your, yourself into, man. You, you sure you want to do that? Be careful on whose stuff you steal. You don't know what you're getting yourself into. Because <laughs> I know damn well that thing exploded on him. I know it did. Because he wasn't monitoring the cold and, you know, keeping it cool like I was. I had it in the air conditioning and, you know, set it up you know up on the dash on the truck and made sure that it was constantly getting cold air when i was using it and and everybody's like you're freaking crazy i ran with that phone for two years total two years after when the recall happened and they kept telling me telling me turn the phone in turn the phone in i'm like no i'm not turning it in and they fought me and fought me on it they're like okay well we're not responsible for it i said i don't care I'm keeping my damn phone. I like my phone. Thank you very much. I'll never get another one. I like it. Well, Duder stole it from me. Now it probably exploded on him. And that's probably where you heard it on the news and something later. And I don't know. And like, yeah, another phone exploded in the guy's pocket. You know, I don't know. But it's like, that dude deserved it. I'm sorry. You know, but damn don't steal stuff from other people and you won't have explosions <laughs> no I'm, I'm just saying just saying i was just saying okay don't take me serious but you know yeah i i finally got a new phone after that which was all right but and i wanted to share that this is about all i could do with this podcast and and I'm going to have to wait another week to tell the story. You know, the true divine intervention story. I'll have, I'll have to put that out another time. And my voice is not going to be able to handle it. So, there you have it. Thank you, Gary. Thank you, Jenner. It was awesome. This is Interstellar Frequency. End of transmission. Smash the fucking subscribe button on Interstellar Frequency. I'm extremely proud of Chris. I'm extremely proud of Daniel. Their shows are lit like the night sky. Knock me on my ass. Make me ask. Why? Uh, This is why. This is why. This is the way. Of the billions and billions of humans in the cosmos, there are only a few.
just a tiny, teeny, itty bitty little handful of you fucking gross monkeys that makes sense to me. Because I am in love with the cosmos. The cosmos is all that is, or ever was, or ever will be. And if you are not in love with that, something is dumb inside of you, and we are going to break it with the sword of a thousand truths. We are going to shatter this part of yourself, listener, so that on the day of the new dawn on the cosmic horizon, the pieces from whence uh, there was broken bits because of the Sword of a Thousand Truths part, that part, the thing that will rise from the ashes is a fucking phoenix. We will take this cosmic super weapon to the mountain. We will use it to crack open the earth, to unleash every single titan. And if you are receiving this message from me now, from beyond the cosmic grave, this is you. This is your call. I am speaking to you, not the audience, you person, human, human on earth. You have superpowers, motherfucker. They are one billion times more powerful than you think they are. They are the guiding light of civilization. They are the thing that is going to save the cosmos. And you are a part of it. You are an integral part of this mission. If you are hearing this message, it's because you, you are the chosen one. I did not choose you. The cosmos chose you. You choose yourself. If you are sitting back upon a rock on an alien planet, perhaps made of meat where the people are green, and you are sitting looking up at the sky going, oh my god, what in the gay hell can I do to change this cosmic dumpster fire? Do you know what you can do? Listener, this is the magical power inside of you. The thing you have to grab onto and rip it out of your soul, kicking and screaming if necessary. It is your voice, your true voice, the one underneath all of the other layers, all of the other layers of bullshit we paint onto each other and onto ourselves, the masks that we wear around the world to feel like we're a part of it. But we are a part of it. We are it. We are the part of the cosmos that knows itself. We are the part that can adapt and change. This is what makes us different. This is why we no longer live 
in the Garden of Eden, but the entirety of Earth is our domain. This is why we no longer live in the cave, and now not only the Earth, but the sky is our domain. I'm totally, like, it's, uh, <laughs> I, it's, I'm totally tits with being uh, the, the uh, spiritual conduit the <laughs> for Carl Sagan because Jesus fucking Christ, I wish he was here so that he we could have him. It's, I'm sure deep fakes are going to get there very soon to where we can make Carl say anything, and eventually he's just going to say it, but it's, I, I'm liking my own impersonation uh, well enough for now. Hopefully you are as well. Uh, yeah, that's <laughs> this. Is, oh, uh, it's this. This is why, you guys. This this is why. <laughs> Nevertheless, my knowledge and my lack of knowledge burned in me. I wished to know more. When I was a man at last, I came to my father and said, It is time for me to go on my journey. Give me your leave. He looked at me for a long time, stroking his beard, and then he said at last, Yes, it is time. That night, in the house of my priesthood, I asked for and received purification. My body hurt, but my spirit was a cool stone. It was my father himself who questioned me about my dreams. He bade me look into the smoke of the fire and see. I saw and told him what I saw. It was what I have always seen. A river, and beyond it, a great dead place, and in it, the gods walking. I've always thought about that. His eyes were stern when I told him. He was no longer my father, but a priest. He said, This is a strong dream. It is mine, I said, while the smoke waved and my head felt light. They were singing the star song in the outer chamber, and it was like the buzzing of bees in my head. He asked me how the gods were dressed, and I told him how they were dressed. We know how they were dressed from the book, but I saw them as if they were before me. When I had finished, he threw the sticks three times and studied them as they fell. This is a very strong dream, he said. It may eat you up. I am not afraid. I said, and looked at him with both eyes. My voice sounded thin in my ears, but that was because of the smoke. 
he touched me on the breast and the forehead. He gave me the bow and three arrows. Take them, he said. It is forbidden to travel east. It is forbidden to cross the river. It is forbidden to go to the place of the gods. All these things are forbidden. All these things are forbidden, I said. But it was my voice that spoke and not my spirit. He looked at me again. My son, he said. Once I had young dreams. If your dreams do not eat you up, you may be a good priest. If they eat you, you are still my son. Now go on your journey. By the Waters of Babylon By Stephen Vincent Benet Listen to the full story today at studiostargazer.org Click on Theater Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me. My father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I am going to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you are going. So how can we know the way? Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, you will know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. John 14, 1 through 6. New International Version, NIV. I usually pull from King James, but it gets a little tricky. Mm-hmm. 
Seven. That was one through seven. Eight. Philip said, Lord, show us the Father, and that will be enough for us. Jesus answered, Don't you know me, Philip? Even after I have been among you for such a long time, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and that the Father is in me? The words I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority. Rather, it is the Father living in me who is doing his work. Believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. Or at least believe on the evidence of the works themselves. Very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing. And they will do even greater things than these, because I am going to the Father. And I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. If you love me, keep my commands, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. The Spirit of Truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans, I will come to you. Before long, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. On that day you will realize that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. Whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love them and show myself to them. John 14, 7 through 15. There's not much 
left to this one. I'm going to finish it. Sorry if uh, the Bible shit's bumming you out, but it's Easter. Get over yourself. Then Judas. Not that Judas. Not Judas Iscariot. Said. But Lord, why do you intend to show yourself to us and not the world? Jesus replied, Anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My Father will love them, and we will come to them and make our home with them. Anyone who does not love me will not obey my teaching. These words you hear are not my own, to belong to the Father who sent me. All this I have spoken while still here with you. But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. You heard me say, I am going away and I am coming back for you. If you loved me, you would be glad that I am going to the Father. For the Father is greater than I. I have told you now before it happens, so that when it does happen, you will believe. I will not say much more to you. For the prince of this world is coming. He has no hold over me. He comes so that the world may learn that I love the Father and do exactly what my Father has commanded me. Come now. Let us leave. Gospel of John, chapter 14, NIV. Incendium, only through fire. This is one of my albums, Winter Five, Incendium. 
Only through fire does nature regrow and flourish. This music is available for download and for license at studiostargazer.org. If you would like to use it to say your own piece, to read from the books that mean the most to you. Let's talk. I want you to use it. I made it for the world. Not for me. Incendium by Jenner Zeno. My most comprehensive piece of work. The best thing that I have to leave behind. Studio Stargazer.org. Click on music. The Tale of Peter Rabbit by Beatrix Potter. 1902 Once upon a time there were four little rabbits and their names were Flopsy, Mopsy, Cottontail and Peter. They lived with their mother in a sandbank underneath the root of a very big fir tree. Now my dears said old Mrs. Rabbit one morning. You may go into the fields or down the lane, but don't go into Mr. McGregor's garden. Your father had an accident there. He was put into a pie by Mrs. McGregor. Now, run along and don't get into mischief. I am going out. Then old Mrs. Rabbit took a basket and her umbrella and went through the wood to the baker's. She bought a loaf of brown bread and five currant buns. Flopsy, Mopsy, and Cottontail, who were good little bunnies, went down lane to gather blackberries. But Peter, who was very naughty, ran straight away to Mr. McGregor's garden and squeezed under the gate. First he ate some lettuces and some French beans, then he ate some radishes, and then, feeling rather sick, he went to look for some parsley around the end of a cucumber frame. Whom should he meet but Mr. McGregor? Mr. McGregor was on his hands and his knees planting out young cabbages, but he jumped up and ran after Peter, waving a rake and calling out, Stop, thief! Peter was most dreadfully frightened. He rushed all over the garden, for he'd forgotten the way back to the gate. He lost one of his shoes among the cabbages. 
and the other shoe amongst the potatoes. After losing them, he ran on four legs and went faster, so that I think he might have gotten away altogether if he had not unfortunately run into a gooseberry net and got caught by the large buttons on his jacket. It was a blue jacket with brass buttons, quite new. Peter gave himself up for lost and shed big tears, but his sobs were overheard by some friendly sparrows, who flew to him in great excitement and implored him to exert himself. Mr. McGregor came up with a sieve. He intended to pop under the top of Peter, but Peter wriggled out just in time, leaving his jacket behind him, and rushed into the tool shed and jumped into a can. It would have been a beautiful thing to hide in if it had not had so much water in it. Mr. McGregor was quite sure that Peter was somewhere in the tool shed, perhaps hidden underneath the flower pot. He began to turn them over carefully, looking under each. Presently, Peter sneezed. Achoo! Mr. McGregor was after him in no time and tried to put his foot upon Peter who jumped out of the window, upsetting three plants. The window was too small for Mr. McGregor, and he was tired of running after Peter. He went back to his work. Peter sat down to rest. He was out of breath and trembling with fright. But he had not the least idea which way to go. Also, he was very damp with sitting in that can. After a time, he began to wander about, going lippity, lippity, not very fast, and looking all round. He found a door in a wall, but it was locked. There was no room for a fat little rabbit to squeeze underneath. An old mouse was running in and out over the stone doorstep, carrying peas and beans to her family in the wood. Peter asked her the way to the gate but she had such a large pea in her mouth that she could not answer. She only shook her head at him. Peter began to cry. Then he tried to find his way straight across the garden. But he became more and more puzzled. Presently, he came to a pond where Mr. McGregor filled his water cans. A white cat 
was staring at some goldfish. She sat very, very still. But now and then, the tip of her tail twitched as if it were alive. Peter thought it best to go away without speaking to her. He had heard about cats from his cousin, little Benjamin Bunny. He went back towards the tool shed, but suddenly, quite close to him, he heard the noise of a hoe. Scritch, scratch, scratch, scritch. Peter scudded underneath the bushes, but presently, as nothing happened, he came out and climbed upon a wheelbarrow and peeped over. The first thing he saw was Mr. McGregor hoeing onions. His back was turned towards Peter, and beyond him was the gate. Peter got down very quietly off the wheelbarrow and started running as fast as he could go, along a straight walk behind some black currant bushes. Mr. McGregor caught sight of him at the corner. Peter did not care. He slipped underneath the gate and was safe at last in the wood outside the garden. Mr. McGregor hung up the little jacket and the shoes for a scarecrow to frighten the blackbirds. Peter never stopped running or looked behind him till he got home to the big fir tree. He was so tired that he flopped down upon the nice soft sand on the floor of the rabbit hole and shut his eyes. His mother was busy cooking. She wondered what he had done with his clothes. It was the second little jacket and pair of shoes that Peter had lost in a fortnight. I am sorry to say that Peter was not very well during the evening. His mother put him into bed and made him some chamomile tea. She gave a dose of it to Peter. One tablespoonful to be taken at bedtime. But Flopsy, Mopsy and Cottontail had bread and milk and blackberries for supper. The end. <sighs> the night is quiet and still. The moment is here. My journey begins. The engine roar to life. I felt myself leave the grip of the soil. I shook and trembled with the fire at my back and nothing ahead but black. The wind 
rushing past me and then I was finally free. T minus ten. Nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one, and liftoff of the complete spacecraft on a billion mile trek to Saturn. Program is in. Roll program is in. We have cleared the tower, and the Cassini spacecraft is on its way to Saturn. A moment of tranquility. Too many stars to see. The Earth slipped away behind. I rose higher and passed my friends in the night from out of the shadow I saw the sun I shine back to greet it reaching out for its warm embrace. I turn my eyes to Venus. I know she would help me. I dance with her in a sweet embrace. Round and around we went in the night before I goodbye kiss a final farewell before stopping home one last time to say goodbye took a moment to gaze one last time at the moon. I saw the Earth's shadow caressing her and the warmth of the sun making her shine brighter than all the stars. It was time to go. An endless expense of nothing. So cold, so long. Halfway there, a lonely stone. I gaze in wonder for a brief moment. In all that vastness, I had forgotten how fast I must be going by now. 
it is easy to forget. Then, in a distance, a point of light that grew in my eyes like a pearl. Then I saw him, Jupiter, the king of the planets, stormy seas of cloud, storms beyond imagining. He gripped me so tightly, it took my breath away. He sent me on my way in a breath of wind that left me sailing into the black I was alone again almost there now I can't see it yet it's just another star among a countless sea of stars. A haze filled my eyes, a mist of light in the endless void. Soon I was through it, then it came into view the crown jewel Saturn and its rings as I grew near the rings cast shadows on the clouds below at first they look like glass the clarity and purity soon turned to sand. I could see every grain slipping by. Like the sand of time in an endless dance, perfect circles. Order from the chaos. I then saw two great storms swirling in the south of the great crown jewel. They dance for a moment before joining to become one. It was then that the shepherd guided me to my new home, showing me the way. They dance with Saturn, sweeping up the rings into teeny swirls. T 
teeny waves on an ocean of glass. I now felt Saturn sweep me up, overtaking the sun. And I knew this was my last dance. So I made it last. To see the world in a grain of sand and the heaven in a wild flower to hold infinity in the palm of your hands and eternity in an hour. The view was dazzling and outstanding. Points of light became new worlds to explore. A new God emerged the one who would take my son. I did not travel alone. He came with me. And now, it was time for him to go on his own journey. We passed the Titan. So close we kissed the clouds. Now it was time for me to let him go. I saw where he was going. I could not see it yet, but I knew he would be safe. I let him go. We heard goodbye, and I sent him on his way. There was so much to do, and so little time. I found a great waterfall, spilling into space. I swam past many times, feeling the mist on my face. I looked back to where my son had gone. I saw it had great legs. I knew I was right to let him go. What a wonderful place. So many new worlds here. So little time. Then for a moment, I looked back towards home, the earth and the moon were just stars in the sky now.
but I saw them. And for a brief moment, I knew they saw me too. We smiled and waved at each other. We did it. We made it. And look at what we have found. I spun around again and again, taking it as much as I can. So much to do, so little time. I started my descent into the sky. For it was fire that first started my life, and fire that will be its end. I spun around again and again. I kissed the ring. I say goodbye. Now I know. It is time to die. To protect this newly discovered home for life. My job is done. My journey through. We came here for you, for us. I am so glad I got to share with you what wonderful we discover, what wonders we discover. What we know now is true. So, sail after us, please come back. These worlds are awaiting. I began my life as a shooting star that started so near but went so far. Now I am a shooting star in another sky. It's okay. I'm ready to die. I love you. The voice of Cassini was brought to life by Emma Dicarlo. You can connect with her at edgintuitive.com or Emma's Universe Podcast. Journey to Saturn. A Cassini story. A funeral for a spacecraft. A warrior's death. A Viking king's ceremony. And I knew when I picked that story as one of the ones I wanted to tell, I knew the craft herself had to 
be expressed as a female. The Cassini story. Oh man, um, I know I'm like eight years late <laughs> to the party on when Cassini herself burned up in the atmosphere of Saturn at the end of mission. That's when I wrote that piece of music that Emma Tigallo took somewhere I didn't think it could go. She brought Cassini to life. She told that story. You guys heard raw. You, you That was raw. That has not even gone into post-production. But I said I was going to give you samples of some of the other shit that we've been doing. Because hopefully that'll help you understand why I don't have time. To do a free show anymore. I got shit like that to produce. And it's the best stuff that's ever shown up on my desk. The, these new heroes are the strongest fucking talent that I could have ever hoped to have a chance to produce. journey to Saturn it's coming I was thinking about rewriting the string piece at the end because that was with the old technology I can do better now I can art art I can <laughs> articulate the strings the cellos I can do more advanced shit now, so that probably does need to be a better string piece. But she... understood the story and gave everything to that recording session. I'm so glad that you guys got to hear it raw uh, in the Resurrection episode of Mindwave. I did have another piece that I was going to Put at the end. It's a worship piece for War of One. It's a little too heavy. So if you want to hear that, please go to patreon.com slash mindwave and kick me, kick me a couple bucks and we'll open up a new channel for you to receive amazing bonus shit um, that's been part of the mission the whole time it's been very complicated i'm still fighting with a cast on patreon for the whole private rss feed bullshit but we will make a place for you to hear uh the shit that we're working on now which takes a lot longer uh than throwing together a podcast i'm throwing this one together for mindwave because mindwave is back <sighs> Again, 
Gotcha, bitch. Uh, that was real, though. The shutdown. <laughs> the shutdown of the show was very real. Shit got very real and very clear that's like, I can't afford just even the minutes in my day to make mind wave shit. So I did give it up for a very good reason. I did not have time. I'm finding myself with more time today and I'm wanting to spend it more meanfully, meaningfully. <laughs> As I raise a glass. Mm. Raising a glass. Puck. See, now you got Seamus, and Seamus does not really, especially when whiskey's involved. Whiskey with an E? Alright, what's this fucking American bullshit where they do the W H I S K K Y? Whiskey. Ugh. Tragic. No. That motherfucker has an E. It's Irish. Right? Whiskey's fucking Irish. Alright? Uh, I like scotch. Because uh, I'm a wee bit of scotch as well. But I'm, I'm a fucking Irish boy. I might as well be a little fucking ginger bitch. I might as well have a redhead. Because, uh... Ed Sheeran suck my fucking dick. <laughs> I'm kidding, of course. Uh, I like to play. You know that. Mind wave. You know I like to play. Um, this is my play space. I couldn't take away my own ball pit. Um, I did for several months just to catch up on shit. But it needs to come back. Um, not even a question. Uh... So, welcome back to Mindwave. Expect episodes when I produce them. When I feel so inclined, because as I've illustrated, hopefully a little bit here, we are working on some fucking crazy cool shit. And that does take precedence, okay? To free podcasts. That does take precedence. But I hope you've enjoyed this episode. I hope you have now subscribed to the Lion's Den <coughs> with Daniel. Another uh, hot flaming pair of angel wings at my back. Fucking love Daniel. He's amazing. And uh, Christian's episode, Chris Swoboda, Interstellar Frequency. I hope that by now, Mindwave listener, you have subscribed to Interstellar Frequency and The Lion's Den. Because Mindwave is where I'm going to be like, yeah, I guess I'm, I guess I'm the host this time. <laughs> I don't want to host a podcast anymore. Feels like a waste of time. But Mindwave is where that shit's going to happen. I do often appear on uh, Interstellar Frequency 
in the lion's den as the delightful co-host. I like that place so much more. I love being a guest on uh, somebody else's show that in a Mandalorian way is like the whole this is the way thing. Uh, <laughs> I don't want the dark saber. Oh, but you earned it. Uh, no, I really didn't. Can I give it away? No. <laughs> I am the Night Fury. I have a whole piece on dragons. Which is... There's a little bit about Pete's dragon in there, but it's about the How to Train Your Dragon franchise. I have a whole like hour to two hours on that, and that's going to be a Patreon exclusive. You will only be able to hear it there. Um, suck my dick, I don't care. Um, there's also a worship piece. A Light of Morning Sunday piece that I made that was initially included in this Easter <laughs> special resurrection of mind wave piece. It was originally here, and I was like, I don't know if people are ready to hear some of this. Um, some people are. Some people are. I know where they are. They're on Patreon. <laughs> so they're going to hear it as a, as a part of the extended Easter celebration. Probably uh, go Catholic, take that into Monday as well. So I'm celebrating Easter Sunday today with this piece. Um, I'll probably do a little bit of uh, shit tomorrow. Specifically for Patreon. Specifically for the people who are still keeping the show alive. Keeping the dream alive even when I don't want to. I mean, that is... That's a super skill. And they deserve to be seen and they deserve to be rewarded for their fucking efforts. Because I know it is a crazy cosmos that we live in. And people only have so much time. This is where I am choosing to spend mine. I was initially thinking I was going to have to rewrite that whole string piece at the end of Journey to Saturn. Because the parts of the poem that she's reading, the parts of the story that she's telling are after said music scenes happen. I wrote too much. Easy accident. I was like, we need to extend this. We need to make it bigger. Especially if I have fucking people listening to this who work at the Jet Propulsion Laboratory, who worked on the Cassini Project, who gave a decade of their lives to her so that she could fly to the crown jewel of the solar system and introduce us to dozens of new worlds worth exploring and cherishing and protecting and having to die as a necessary part of that realization. Cassini is my favorite spacecraft period I started to my sciencey boy journey with curiosity the 2012 Mars rover it's like this is very rad I love uh, 
being able to virtually stand here on Mars and seeing the rocks and seeing the hills and the valleys and the places to go. I quickly fell out of love with curiosity. I'm, I'm not sure why. That was when my passion for space exploration almost kind of died, was because I guess 2012 was also just one of these weirdly, exceptionally tumultuous times, politically and socially, that couldn't even be bothered to care about something so fucking far away. 60,000 miles? How many kilometers? Average distance to Mars. We don't have a Jamie. Because uh, we've never had one. Average. Average distance to Mars. 159 million uh, miles. I was way off. But... <laughs> Hundreds of millions of miles away is the red planet, which looks so much like our own pieces of the earth, our own little scraps of desert, where it's totally understandable why conspiracy theorists are like, that's Utah, that's Arizona, I've been there before. This is a hoax. Uh, no, we're really there. Curiosity, the nuclear-powered... One-ton robot is, uh, it's last I checked, still going. Mars 2020 rover is there with a few extra Dragonite lenses to see a little bit more. And I'm very much, uh, kicking myself for not being more up on that because that's really what brought me into this level of passion in the first place was exploration and the cosmos and space and stars and planets and possible life and possible minds and how we get there and what's happening. I've been out, been out of this domain for a long time because of everything else that's been happening. Um, and I needed to shut it all out to be able to bring myself back here, back here, back where, where the most important work that needs to be done, needs to be done, it needs to be done here. Because we can do better. The stories can be better. The sound design can be better. The levels can be better. Always. Always. It can be better. better. That's what we're here to do. We're here to have time and space to do that. And I haven't. We haven't had it. <laughs> Been trying to pull some of that back. Make some time. Life keeps hitting. Life keeps hitting again and again, as it always does. No surprise, right? Not surprised by any of this. But as that episode 
hopefully showed you um, Mindwave going into the archive even ever so briefly in the stasis pod did not involve me stopping producing entirely. I've just been doing a new kind of production. New kinds of storytelling. I hope, good listener, that you will go to studiostargazer.org and click on theater so that you can hear the full piece by the waters of Babylon. My first quote, official unquote, audiobook of the full immersion variety, not the uh, audible variety. So, this is a different kind of audiobook. I did fucking Peter Rabbit in that one. It was actually not bad for one take. I liked that. Uh, I need more friends in England, frankly, to help train my. Uh, British voices, because they are delicate like a flower, and almost certainly turn towards evil. <clears throat> um, one of the next Patreon episode bonus things that I'm doing is called Fire Breath, and it's about the whole How to Train Your Dragon franchise, and me watching Race to the Edge. Uh, listening to Alvin, Alvin the Terrible, or something. I forget what uh, Alvin the something character, one of the bad guys. And I'm like, <laughs> he's like, hey, hell yeah, I'm Alvin. And I'm like, wait, is that Mark Hamill? <laughs> that, that sounds like some Joker shit that Mark Hamill has done stuck around for the credits yeah you bet your sweet tits it was mark hamill mark hamill plays elvin and dragons and i was like god damn it luke god damn it luke skywalker do i want to have a fucking drink with you he's real good at the eve with the bad guys um the the joker in batman and uh uh i heard it i heard him being Alvin and dragons, and I was like, wait, 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 is that Mark Hamill? And that gave me a huge amount of joy, because uh, when I got to the credits, yeah, no, it was absolutely him. Underrated character, underrated character, feels who like comes flying. back at the end and becomes a part of the family and brings his own little... God damn it, there's so many parts of the Dragon series where all of the background characters are literally the same mesh. Viking woman one, Viking woman two, Viking man one, Viking man two, Viking man three. Uh, every single background character in that story is some different version of the same mesh, which is uh, another delightful thing to notice as a creator. But Mark Hamill, and oh my god, did they end that series in the best way? If you have not watched DreamWorks's uh, Dragons, uh, this is not a paid plug, but watch the show. It gives you so much more depth into who the characters are and why they exist and why things are the way that they are <clears throat> outside of the trilogy, the Dragons trilogy, the movie trilogy, which you absolutely need to watch. 
Along with the Lego movie, if you intend to understand who I am and why I'm here, and also Lego Batman and Lego movie too. I will give you art cues. You want to understand this fucking weirdo? Go do, go do that. Um, call me back after you've worked your way through a half a box of tissues. Have you seen Finding Nemo? <laughs> Same story. Same story a bunch, bunch, bunch of times. I hope uh, people didn't get too irritated by me. Literally pulling from one of the Gospels, um, the Gospel of John, I read the whole chapter of 14 because there was a quote in it. There was a single verse that I wanted to, to say, and I decided to include the whole thing. I decided to include some things that I did not envision including, like... Um, Stars and rose thorns through the grass over the stones to the sea. Uh, poetry slums prose and um, journey to Saturn. <sighs> the first sneak peek of that. There have no, there have been no post-production runs on that, but people definitely need to hear. <laughs> Um, what happened there? The initial plan today for Easter was to do um, a single scene of UI 86, which in itself is a kind of resurrection story. I wanted to have at least one chapter, one, one piece of that done to be able to sample for you. Um... I could not bring myself to do it, frankly. Because um, if I give away one part, then I'm... You know, it, it's a pulling threads thing. I need to make sure that the first time people hear this story, it's as one piece. It's a single piece. Sorry there are no sneak peeks. Uh, if you're in the cast or... Among, uh, if you were in the Red Shirt Initiative, you've gotten sneak peeks of what the story's going to be. Even if you were one of the original cast members, um, who are no longer playing that character, or it has straight up been rewritten because it needed to be, and you didn't show up, and somebody did, so we're gonna... <laughs> Do that, you know what I'm saying? Um, UI 86 has evolved crazily over the past several months. Uh, very slowly, but in the best ways. Um, some of the characters are changing. Some of the scenes are changing because of said uh, character developments. There are some new characters um, now in there. Handful all of which I love. There's at least one or two uh, more new robots. Um, there is no Russian engineer guy in a tough flying tank. Um, there's another human character played by me. Trying uh, Russian guy, classic engineer archetype. 
for the first time, so that should be fun. Um, the Emmett character in UI86 has been mostly reimagined in terms of origin, but fundamentally the character stays the same and provides the same function um, as a part of the whole thing coming together. So I really had hoped, and I want you to know this, like I really had hoped that I would have something from UI86 to show you today on Resurrection Sunday, Easter Sunday. I really wanted to have a, a slice of that to show you, and I have something for all of the scenes that have been written there. I have behind the scenes shit. I have writer's rooms. I have those characters saying what is said. Robots are easy, but I, I did not want to let you hear a single piece of that that wasn't connected to the whole story because it is one story um, sampling sure you want to hear the level of sound design that I'm going to do on UI86 go listen to fucking striker one on the UI86 page the game sequence that uh, spoiler alert is not even in the story that sequence is not even in the story it's that's pure behind the scenes that's pure uh bonus shit that offers slightly more context but it's not even in the main piece um for strikers going and shooting the big alien space bugs and all the sound design that I did on that fucking sequence like it was a video game. All of a UI86 is going to be produced like that. Um, as if it were a video game. So large amounts of the writing are actually sound cubes. Um, into here's the, here are the kinds of scores that we should use. Here are the sound design elements that need to be included in this scene to make it make sense etc etc much bigger projects require much more work much more time and much more space and frankly much more passionate collaborators because the whole reason I made this story at all was like I don't need humans I can do this with robots I never wanted to do it alone I decided to handful of people heard why and where I was going and wanted to be in it so I wrote them in I wrote them into this story and went how are you going to make this work I'm trying to make all the pieces fit together. And some of those people disappear, which is like, well, do those whole scenes disappear? Do we bend over backwards trying to get them back to fix that, to get the lines that we need? Running a theater has been uh, 
an incredible fucking challenge. I think you can hear it literally in the production between Only Through Fire, A Bigger Table, and Orion's Bell, or Orion's Bell, as Joshua Emerson Jones might say. You can hear it right there that like I'm trying to get all the all the blocks to stack in the right way. We have had some Jenga moments. We've had some shit where these big ass fucking projects that really required everybody to show up almost got fucking destroyed. And we still don't have the pieces that we need to make that right. You can hear in a bigger table and only through fire that some of those lines were literally recorded on like Facebook Messenger voice memo. Some of them came from voicemails. Um, we got what we needed, but not the way that we needed it. And when I'm doing UI86, before I even fucking edge my finger closer to the green light button on that, I want to make sure this story is the best that it can possibly be. It can, it simply cannot get any better. And all the characters in it are so important. And every single one of them needs to be here for this moment. When we pull back the fucking stage curtain and let people hear this story for the first time, everybody needs to be there. an event it's a special moment so ui86 is still still not there but we are making insane amounts of progress towards that if that involves cutting or recasting or whatever you guys will know about it because you're supporters Presumably, if you're listening to the process and you're getting all the behind-the-scenes shit, you'll know which scenes were cut, but you are going to be able to come to us to see the animatics and things. All of the things that we wanted to to be in there, but ultimately became unnecessary, or the character changed because the actor changed, and these are all part of the creative process that most people don't see enough of and this is one of the major ways that i want the studio studio stargazer to be different um i do want to pull back the curtain to that level and let you guys see how (laughs) we do a lot of this shit let you see the how I do. I spend my time here trying to get across the why. Why we do this shit. That should be totally fucking obvious at this point. But the how part. How we actually pull some of these things off. Has been. We've been building towards that. We've been building towards master classes. In uh, vocal performance. Recording arts. Sound design and scoring. Um, to teach everybody 
how to do this. I think everybody should be doing this. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Not going to work and flipping burgers and being a miserable asshole. Go create some amazing art. You can do this too. You can do this with free tools. Uh, in your fun time. And fucking do that. Bring the kids. God damn. Cosmic Disneyland. I was talking to Christian here. And we are talking about the Disneyland trip. That we're going to have to inevitably take as a family. Which is going to be at least like five, six, seven, eight grand. Uh, to take the whole family to Disneyland. And ride the teacups. And Pirates of the Caribbean. And go see the fucking Haunted Mansion. Go down. Fucking go visit the Matterhorn. And god damn it. So we're planning a Disneyland trip. Probably for summer. Which is the stupidest time to go frankly if we're gonna go to Disneyland we should probably go on like maybe October uh, November September somewhere in there <clears throat> anyway welcome back to Mindwave this is going to mostly be here now uh, to fill you in on Everything else that's happening within the theater, within music, uh, on the other Studio Stargazer podcasts, most namely The Lion's Den with Daniel Larson. Not a growl, that's a purr for Daniel. Um, and Chris, Christian Swoboda, host and producer of Interstellar Frequency. You've probably missed a lot of, uh, if you're not coming to the site, you've probably missed a lot of shit that only ever existed there. Um, you should definitely go to the site and catch up on everything that's all up in the air and all of the different ways to connect. The site's getting better. It's more mobile friendly. Uh, we have a mobile app which is much better if you're using a telephone to connect to the forums and the groups and the spaces, the messenger, um, the message boards, forum, all of that you want to do from the app because the website is not made for display on a mobile screen, but I did just do a massive redesign on the whole site to make it look like look and feel like iOS with big, nice, shiny, glassy, rounded square buttons uh, that take you exactly where you need to go. And no more complicated menus. No more hoops to jump through. Please come visit studiostargazer.org from a desktop computer. Um, log in with uh, Facebook or Google, either one of those, whichever one you want to be. Uh, you don't have to make an account with me. Just log in with one of those so we can see your name and your pretty picture whenever you show up. Uh, customize your profile, jump into the spaces, start engaging in some of these places. Because I just built the architecture, guys. I just built the skeleton for places to go specifically for us for you 
um, and they are as yet unoccupied. So we would love to have you on studiostarkaser.org. Uh, head to the universe and come to the spaces. One of the spaces is called the Mind Wave Universe Lounge, which is the space cantina. It's the all-in-one place. If you are a member of the site, you will get uh, added to that automatically. All the other spaces, uh, Radar Lovers Between Towers, I think there might be one for the Outrage Machine. There's definitely one for Hard Truth. A lot of these places are already built, but we're not doing anything with them yet. And you can help change that by visiting studiostargazer.org. If you visit on a mobile, you will be prompted to download the Spaces app, which I encourage you to do, because that's how you're going to best access a lot of these things. But I love you, and thank you for listening. No, I'm not going to include the original piece that I put in here because it's a little bit too heavy. But if you want to hear that, join us on Patreon at patreon.com slash mindwave to hear the rest of By the Waters of Babylon. If you haven't heard that yet, you will find that for free on the website under the theater. Uh, along with Enough Rope Poems by Dorothy Parker I've been delving more into the poetry domain I'm really enjoying it uh, If you could not tell By the piece that was included here Poetry Slams Prose Which says more about the uh, That's more of a on the performer than on the creator and if you thought that sounded slightly bitchy <laughs> now performing poetry is uh, much harder than performing prose uh, the written word beautiful thing Emanti Gallo performed that poetry so fucking beautifully. I'm so glad that that was the way that we ended it, ended it out. And that was mine. I, I, I wrote the uh, words as well. In addition to the music. Because uh, I felt the story. I heard the voice. And I was like, these need to go together. And uh, pulling in Snow Peak from Origin at the end might be the way to do it, rather than rewriting um, the string piece. I may still extend it um, using articulated strings because they do sound much more natural. But, um, yeah, I've been fucking busy, 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 busy. So if you've been chilling here waiting for new episodes from Mindwave, there is tons of shit uh, still happening uh, the whole time, including several free shows, which you should definitely subscribe to. Top of the list, The Lion's Den, Daniel Larson, and Interstellar Frequency with Chris. 
Lena and our true come back oh, for your rebirth too you gotta come back we're gonna make this shit happen the neighborhood might be coming back um, light of morning is technically back I guess war of one is getting uh, vaulted locked into a safe space for lack of better framing because people should definitely be able to hear that um, but only the people who need to hear it because um, again we're, we're working away from entertaining content into like okay therapy sessions but I love you I've missed you have you missed me? Call me at 602-456-2253. Support this show on Patreon at patreon.com slash mindwave. Head to studiostargazer.org and see the amazing website I've been slapping together with bubblegum and sketch tape. It's the tits. <laughs> Find everything there. Thank you for being here. <laughs> Talk to you next time. There are some 10 or 12 new moons of Saturn, which have either been discovered by Voyager or discovered during the period of the Voyager uh, encounter uh, by ground-based telescopes. Uh, we've more than doubled the number of moons that we know about uh, on Saturn. <clears throat> Here is Enceladus, a remarkable world which has the density of ice. The whole place is uh, one solid lump of ice. What is it, Carol, related to Saturn? It's, it's one of Saturn's it's moons? It's one of Saturn's moons. It's uh, the one of the closer in, the second closest uh, of the uh, uh, large moons. And in the outer solar system, because the temperatures are so low, ice is very stable, this is an enormous snowball, hundreds of miles across, uh, the size of a world. And we can faintly see impact craters which have probably uh, melted the ground when they hit and uh, deform and disappear. The world totally different from anything we've seen before. amounts of organic molecules have also been detected and these are the building blocks for life as we know it so this discovery raises tantalizing possibilities about whether the moon is habitable whether the moon is habitable Saturn's geyser spewing moon in Enceladus 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 Enceladus
learn more and more about this intriguing place each time we fly by it. Flying through the plumes at the South Pole, which jet icy water vapor hundreds of miles into space. backlit by the sun, which was off uh, to the left, and you can see the ring around it, which represents light, which has been refracted through the atmosphere of Titan, an atmosphere filled with organic molecules that are raining down on the surface, uh, a surface that we have never seen. To understand the nature of that surface, probably loaded with hundreds of meter columns, Some other mission in some other epoch. Some other epoch. Some other mission. Some other epoch. Some other epoch. Some other mission. Some other mission. Some other epoch. Many things we've seen before. One of the most shocking discoveries of the past 10 years is how much the landscape of Saturn's moon Titan resembles Earth. Like our own blue planet. The surface of Titan is dotted with lakes and seas. It has river channels, islands, mud, rain clouds, and maybe even rainbows. The giant moon is undeniably wet. The giant moon is undeniably wet. The giant moon is undeniably wet. The water on Titan is not, however, H2O. With the surface temperature dipping 290 degrees Fahrenheit below zero, Titan is far too cold for liquid water. Instead, researchers believe the fluid that sculpts Titan is an unknown mixture of methane, ethane, and other hard-to-freeze hydrocarbons. Incoming transmission from Stargazer Central. Hello, I'm Gary, the ship's encyclopedia. Would you like to learn more? StudioStargazer.org received a major upgrade to the user interface, designed with simplicity in mind. The website should now be much easier to navigate, especially from mobile devices. The universe. The universe is where everything happens. Where you, the listener, can connect with the studio, get updates on releases, engage with other listeners, and access premium content, made just for you. Stargazer Central is our forum, the master feed, if you will. Spaces, are members only groups for specific domains of the studio Stargazer universe. These areas will be more difficult to access from a mobile web browser. 
For the optimal browsing experience, we suggest visiting studiostargazer.org from a desktop computer, or download the Studio Stargazer Spaces app to access the core functionality of the universe, as well as Stargazer Messenger. Meetings and workshops are currently taking place on Discord. Voices. Studio Stargazer Voices allows you to leave voicemail messages to be included in Studio Stargazer Productions. Please see your favorite Studio Stargazer podcast for the appropriate number to call or head to the contact page of the website and click on the shiny space phone. If you live outside the US, you can record a short audio greeting from your mobile device and email it to info at studiostargazer.org or the email address of the show you would like it to appear on. Unleash the power of your voice. Tell your story. The world wants to hear from you. And so do we. Thank you for listening. And we look forward to spending some time with you. Across all of time and space, we now have tools at our fingertips. Tools that would make our ancestors cower in fear, or widen their eyes in childlike amazement. We, the humans of Earth, have a responsibility to use these tools for good, to add a piece of ourselves to the time capsule of humanity, so that in thousands of years, our descendants will know we were here. This concludes the update from Stargazer Central. Have a nice day. End of transmission. Studio Stargazer.